On today's episode of Recliner Reviews, we're talking about another all-time great comedy, one of my favorite movies of all time. That movie is... Airplane. Never has the screen been so big. You ever been in a cockpit before? No, sir. I've never been up in a plane before. Peter Graves. You ever seen a grown man naked? This is this mental list that I have of five, probably, I think the five hardest I've ever laughed in my life. I can remember the times, the hardest laughs in my entire life. Most recent was this TikTok, which I'm kind of embarrassed to say. Where I, well, we'll put it up. This girl is, is um, singing along to the song Tequila, which is, you know, one lyric in it. And then at the end, instead of saying tequila, she says barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. It sounds stupid when I explain it, but it's, it's the hardest, one of the hardest I've laughed in recent memory. Uh, another time that six out is one of the hardest I've laughed in my entire life was when too many cooks came out. Did you watch too many? Cooks? I did watch too many cooks. I watched too many cooks with my buddy Chris at like four in the morning or something crazy. Wasn't that one? Like they released it at four in the morning, right? Yeah, yeah. a couple hours. So it must have been the next morning. A couple hours after it came out, it had a couple thousand views on YouTube. We watched it. I laughed my ass off. It was wheezing, and then by the end of the day, it had like three million views. That makes my laugh hall of fame. Uh, another one is my, my friend Claire. Claire, if you're watching, told me a joke. Uh, I can't even redo the joke. It's the tap dancing cookie joke. I need to try to figure out a way to put that clip in here. Laugh so hard I almost broke my computer because I threw it on the floor. Um, and then, I'm not listening to anything my laugh halls. Oh, uh, one time a couple of friends and I were sending each other Curious George memes. So it has like the book of Curious George. And it's like, instead of something, you know, it's like Curious George goes to the zoo. It's like Curious George is trying to save a chick from ODing. And I threw up on myself because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> Airplane is in my laugh hall of fame. The first time I saw it, not now I could still I could still like wheeze at it. I'm sure, but the first time I ever saw Airplane was not very old. It's probably like 11 or something. What, the hardest up until that point in my life that I think I laughed. Well, it works because the humor is like childish humor, where an 11 year old can laugh at it and be like, this is hilarious, But a 30-year-old right? or but a 30-year-old from a different angle, right? Yes. Like, because there's a different meaning to some of these jokes. We used to watch Airplane fairly regularly when I was growing up, um, just because of how ridiculous the movie is. Um, and a lot of people think it's the first from this style. It's from 1980, but I think this style, I, I mean, of course, the fact checkers are going to correct me when I'm saying this wrong. But I think that Top Secret was actually before this. Um, and that's another movie we have to do. Because, yes. Um, have you seen Top Secret? Mm -hmm. It's been a minute, but yeah. Same humor. Yeah. Same thing. Just a different, different storyline, right? It sparked this whole trend of movies which in this style. Which didn't last in perpetuity though no no of course not right but i was thinking about this when we were reviewing blazing saddles the satire kind of like and not that this is necessarily like a satire in the same sense of blazing saddles but it is kind of satirizing the entire aspect of flying and being in an airport and stuff. like it, it has like i don't want to call it a parody because it's not a parody of anything but it's just well, like it is take, a parody. it's taking the extreme no of, no it it is a parody like, there's an actual movie that a lot of the lines from this movie 
are, are taken almost word for word. Oh, from. okay. Um, and in fact, um, and of course, like, you know, I, I think about these things and then I don't write them down. Um, so fact checker, throw up the name of the movie. You can throw it up right now. But like they, like people say that they can't watch that movie anymore. What movie is it? I've heard this before, but it's not like a full on parody, right? It's pretty much a full on parody. And again, I can't remember the name of the movie. That's why they're going to put it up right here. It's going to bing. There's the name of the movie. Um, Top Gun. It's not Top Gun. <laughs> um, but like a lot, a lot of the lines, like, Can you fly this airplane and land it? No, not a chance. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. And there's a line about, we need a pilot, and we need a pilot who hasn't eaten I knew the that, fish. Yeah. Like, comes from this movie, and like all of these things. So, well, it's okay. So, I, let me backtrack. It's kind of in a parody in the same sense that Spaceballs is grabbed from other, like several different movies. Well, I think it's. I think they, yeah, they use the base of this one movie. <laughs> And like that's the baseline of the story and everything, right? Uh, and I think even in that movie, the, uh, the lead character is Ted Stryker, or yeah. t like I know in Airplane it's Ted Stryker, but I think in the other movie oh, okay. it's Ted Stryker or something like Ted Stryker, like very close. So it's like, again, that's the base, and then they kind of build off of that, right? Like so, like that's the base of the mountain, and then the jokes kind of come from there. But so the Spaceballs came out around the, roughly the same yeah. time, and that's probably falling into what you've said about this trend of these kinds of movies. It's like a very similar type of humor. Yeah. The you don't really see a lot of those kinds of movies parodies in the last like ten years, but the ones that are the most recent were the early two thousands. Scary movie, not another teen movie. Scary yeah. movie two, scary movie three, four. Those I don't. We could talk about those another time, but I just don't understand why those don't hit the the mark the same way they're not smart because they're not because they're not smart but i just i don't i don't know what was lost over 20 years that this satire the joke writing stupid. like it became like for example in this movie right uh going back to the other movie there's a line in the other movie that's i picked the wrong day to uh to stop smoking right in this it's i picked the wrong day to stop sniffing glue i picked the wrong week to quit sniffing glue it's 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 something like that, right? Like that line. Like I picked the wrong day to stop sniffing glue. Like that's hilarious. Yeah. As opposed to, I feel like with scary movie or one of those types of movies, the joke would have been like, "Oh, I got my finger in my butt," or like right, some like right, stupid right, right. ass joke. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. Oh, I got my finger in my butt. It's it's infantile humor. Like we're gonna go, we're gonna resort to the lowest common denominator on the comedy scale. And there's a place for that. Don't get me wrong. Like, I like dumb humor sometimes. But there's a difference between dumb humor and a satire like this, where the jokes may seem dumb, but they're not dumb. Right. As opposed to the jokes may seem dumb, and they are dumb. Right. And I feel like the, the satires and comedies of the early 2000s go to that lowest common denominator, as opposed to this and Spaceballs and a lot of the other types of parodies from this time, where they don't. There's also something, and it, it would take forever to dig into the reasons why, where different eras, different years, just 
spread better comedy. And it's yeah. probably a million different variables that go into that. It's like how there's different talent in like the NBA or NFL or whatever at different times. It's like the, the leagues are deeper or thinner at different times. Is like, this the is this the old Michael Jordan versus LeBron argument? Well, no, no, no. We, I mean, I'm I'm actually thinking about that in my head right now, but. The comedy from 2000 to 2007 or something makes me think immediately of Dane Cook. It makes me think of Scary Movie, Not Another Teen Movie. Um, I've joked before on this podcast that Hitch is one of the greatest comedies of all time. That's where I come in. It's amazing that it came out in 2006, a very, or five, five or six. Two of the unfunniest, I just think of those years and I think of crap. And then, but then during those times too, there were great TV shows. We talked about how we love Reno 911. That was huge back then. Yeah. So just like the mediums, I guess, are different. But the comedy movies of the early 2000s, in my head, and I'm sure I'm generalizing because I, I could probably pick out a few that I like. But there's a span there where I think it's all fucking shit. Yeah. And I think it's no coincidence that in the 80s, you and I talk about how many of these movies, Blues Brothers, um, going back a little bit further, but Blazing Saddles, this. Spaceballs, like they're still our favorites. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like you talk about a lot of like what's on your top ten list, right? There's at least thirty-seven movies on yes. my top ten list. For me, it pretty much lives in the '80s. Comedies in the '80s, like that's that's the pinnacle for me. This, I mean, this falls into it—a different type of humor than some of the other ones, like Coming to America or uh, Trading Places, but still, same type of thing. Like, yeah. this is where the comedy lives. So. And another thing that you like is quotable oh, stuff. Yeah. And this movie is, is top ten. Yeah. <laughs> There's you already said the sniffing glue line. Yep. Uh, the line the girl says about how she takes her coffee. Cream? No, thank you. I take it black, like my man. I need a pilot. Uh, my favorite cam is not really a line, but my favorite one of my favorite cameos in any movie is Kareem. Yeah. Oh, and, so I have a whole thing about Kareem. He apparently was not acting when he grabbed the little kid because the little kid was like, my dad said that you, like, you blew it in the game five of the finals or whatever. He was not acting. Like, he was really pissed off and grabbed the kid like really, really hard. The kid cried. The kid cried because Kareem was such a dick. Have you watched the new show on HBO Winning Time about the, the Lakers in the 80s? No. They... In the, I think in the first episode they showed this that scene. Do you think maybe we could take a picture? Fuck off, kid. They showed him making the kid cry. I mean, it it goes to a whole thing about like asshole sports stories. Yeah. Right. Like I'm sure that you have interactions, right, where you're like you're a real asshole, yeah. right? I mean, I have I have an interaction where so I was in grade school, I was visiting my sister at Notre Dame. Uh, she was in college at the time. Uh, I feel like she was maybe a sophomore or a junior or something like that. And it was siblings weekend. Um, so I, I took the train down. I took the, the South Shore line down and she met me and we went and there was, they had all of these things. They had like a, a comedy show. They had like a talent show, like all of these different events, right? So we go to this uh, talent show and the host of the talent show is Jerome Bettis. He's only a few years removed from being a football player at the University of Notre Dame. He's in the NFL, uh, but he's he's the head of the, like, he's the MC. Uh, Oh, no, I take it back. Jerome Bettis was there. Uh, He was one of the ones that was there. I think he's one year removed. 
Rocket Ishmael, okay. from now who is several years removed, was the MC. And I'm like starry-eyed as this, you know, as a grade school kid, played football, like all of these really good football players. And at that time, Notre Dame had a good football team, um, uh, 93, uh, that I think that they almost won the national yep. championship or whatever. If they, if they didn't lose to Boston College, they probably would have. But, um, like, I'm going up and I'm like, can you can I, can I have your autograph? Like, to all of these football players. And a bunch of them were, like, so super cool. Like, Jerome Bettis was super cool. Like, he signed it and, like, and apparently – He's a really cool guy, like a lot of people say. He's like really cool guy, really nice guy. Rocket Ishmael. Now I go up, so he's standing by the stage. This is probably about ten minutes before the the like show is supposed to start. And like I go up to him and I'm like, Rocket, you're so awesome. I've got your jersey at home. Like, I love watching you. You're awesome. Can you give me can you can I have your autograph, please? And he's like, Find me at the after party, kid. And I, that was it. And I'm like, Okay, and like just like went and like sulked back to my seat. I'm like, you're a real dick. Like, how long does it take to sign your fucking name oh, on, a, on a fucking piece of paper? Like, hi, I'm Rocket Ishmael. There you go, kid. Blah blah. blah. Go like now. Do your thing. You remember that thirty years later? Yeah, I've held a grudge with uh, former Chicago Cubs pitcher and current marquee sports analyst Ryan Dempster for fourteen years now. In spring training of two thousand eight. He was leaving the locker room, a bunch of fans out there, but I was able to somehow get to him, and no one else was around him. He was walking with a small entourage, which for being a mediocre closing pitcher and a mediocre starting pitcher, I don't know why you have an entourage, but whatever. He's walking out, and there's no one else by us, and we're walking in the parking lot, and I'm right behind him, and I have a ball and a, and a Sharpie, and I say, hey, Ryan, can I get your autograph? And it, loud enough to hear, I'm standing right behind him. He's walking, and said, hey, Ryan, hey, Ryan, hey, Ryan, can I get your autograph? Do you, have, do you have, like, Mr. Dempster, can I, hey, Ryan? And one of his friends had to apologize, and it was like, his, sorry, he's trying to find his wife or whatever. And then finally, Dempster turns around, doesn't say anything to me, takes it, it's like, almost kind of like aggressively puts it back in my hand and walks away. And to this day, Ryan Dempster, if you're watching this, you're local, you live in Chicago, I live in Chicago, I have not forgiven him for it. And every time he's on TV, I want a stupid fucking face off the, off the television. Yeah. I mean, look, and this goes to Rocket Ishmael, too. Rocket Ishmael, yeah, you want to make it up to us, like... Ryan Dempster, you want to come on the pod? You want to talk? Like, let's make it up to us. But, like, I'm sure there's... Think of all the people that have asshole sports stories. And it, the thing is, if they just did the one little thing, right. we wouldn't remember this. And yeah. it's the, like, smallest little thing, right? And to a ki- it's a kid. Like, it's not like you're an autograph hound, right? You're not like... Uh, what's the name of the guy that uh, looks for the baseballs? Uh, that, like, I, the home run balls? Like, oh, outside Wrigley? Uh, no, like, he goes around the nation. That's and, weird. Like, he's a grown-ass man and like he like wrestles balls away from kids and like collects and he's got like thousands of balls and like even like the like warm-up balls too he's like you know like calling out for him like grown-ass man like real weird but like it's something like that like how how difficult is it for like you make a kid happy like it doesn't take you that long to make a kid happy like i'll sign your autograph great okay have a good one kid like that's not a difficult thing but I digress. Um, back to Kareem. Did you know that Kareem was actually supposed to be played by Pete Rose? No. Yeah, so... That would been hilarious. Um, they are supposed to have Pete Rose, but because it, baseball was going on at the time, he was playing. Oh, that's and funny. And so uh, Kareem was offered $30,000 for this role. 
and he demanded $35,000 because he wanted to buy an oriental rug. <laughs> so he bought an oriental rug with his airplane money. It's so funny because he's, he's uh, the cameo doesn't, a lot of the, a lot, almost, I would say like half the jokes in this movie have nothing to do with the plot. They're yeah. like one-offs. And his is such a one-off, and especially as a cameo, it's irrelevant. And he, it's not a cameo directly as himself. It's him pretending not to be himself, sort of. Wait a minute. I know you. You're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm sorry, son, but you must have me confused with someone else. My name is Roger Murdoch. I'm the co-pilot. Yeah. And this is my favorite. I don't know. I love his cameo in the movie. And he reprised this role in a uh, commercial a tourism ad for Wisconsin. How fun does that look? Those snowmobiles are flying. Which I think is funny because he asked to be traded from the Bucks to the Lakers, and now he's doing tourism yeah. ads for Wisconsin. Like, you didn't even want to be there. Yeah. Okay. There were a couple of lines, I think, that they had to tweak on this. Um, and uh, you know where the, uh, the main pilot's like, Billy? You ever seen a grown man naked? He's like, <laughs> all of those lines, like things like that. There was actually one line that they actually had to cut um, because it was written too blue. Why are you blue? And he just flat out asked him, Billy, have you ever sucked a man's <laughs> And they had to cut it because it was just too much. That's so funny. Like, that changes everything. Like, the innuendo is what makes it funny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, okay, but I think if it built to that, if it's like the innuendo keeps getting less and less subtle and then that's the finale. Yeah. I think that's what that could work, but like they had to cut it. There were a couple of other things that were like little, little things. So um, at the beginning of the movie where they are at the airport and you have the voiceover from like the airport talking about the red zone and the white zone. Don't tell me which zone is for stopping and which zone is for loading. Listen, buddy, don't start off with your white zone shit again. Those were actually made by real voiceover artists who had done the voiceover work for, for LAX. Oh, or the white great. zone and the red zone, where they're fighting with each other about the white, what is the right white zone, what is the red zone. And they're actually married in real life, or were married oh, in cute. real life. Um, but, like, those are little things, like, you find out about it, you're like, oh, that's, that's pretty clever. Like, that's a funny thing to do, right? Yeah. There was only one airline that actually bought this movie to play on the, on the airplane. Is it? Like, so, like, back it? in the day, back in the day, right, like, they didn't have this on-demand system where, like, yeah. they had, like, 30 movies that you could pick from, right? Which, by the way, it's, I don't know if you've watched a movie on an airplane recently. Some of the movies they offer, it feels like they shouldn't offer on an airplane where there are kids that could be next to you. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, let, I want to dive into that, too, because, like, have you ever had an instance on an airplane where, like, you're sitting in your seat and you notice somebody doing something that they should not be doing? So, like, I mean, I tell you, for me, right, I get on an airplane, I put my headphones on, like, I dive into either if I'm reading a book, I'm reading that book, yeah. and I've got the headphones on so, like, people won't bother me, Same. right? The only person I want to bother me is when the flight attendant comes down and is like, do you want some water, or yeah. do you want a pop, or do you want whatever, right? Like, that's the only person I want bothering me. I don't want anybody else bothering me. Like, I just want to just get from point A to point B. Have you ever had an instance where, like, there's somebody who's got their iPad and they're like, they're watching porn. And you're like, dude, you should not be watching that. Like, you should not be watching that on the airplane. I have not had that, but one time I was watching a, uh, a movie that United offered on demand. I don't even remember what the movie was because I, I stopped playing it. But it was a movie they offered. 
and I was playing it through my laptop because yeah. it's like through the app or whatever. And in the opening scenes, there's like a kind of like a sex scene sort of, and my headphones weren't working and it just like blared out. <laughs> but that's United's fault for offering the movie. Yeah, well, I mean, for sure, like you get some of these movies, right? I think like at one point they offered old school. That yeah, like that. and it's like, how do you get away with like I'm sitting here, right, and I've got a kid sitting across the aisle, and here we are with the KY Jelly wrestling with right. like tits hanging out, and this this poor little impressionable kid like is sitting right there. It's, it's odd. You gotta like close the laptop, like yeah. or turn off the iPad and be like, okay, we're going to watch this maybe later or not. We're actually hitting on something, though, that... And I want to get back to the point about the one airline that offered the yeah. movie. An aside. The reason... A huge reason why this is funny is airplane humor, it's cliche now. It's like, what? Like, the science, like, what's the deal? Oh, airline food. But the reason so many comedians and comedies would have airline jokes is that it's extremely relatable. Yeah. You fly once in your life and you can relate to yep. all the struggles in an airport and on an airline. So it's cliche now, but that's the reason that I come up with a, a new joke about flying every time I fly or yeah. a new experience that's bananas. Like last week, sometimes I just like to doze off a little bit. Even if I'm not like super tired, I can fall asleep on a plane. And I, I don't like to, to drink uh, the free drinks on the plane because I don't want to have to go to the bathroom that often. And so when the drink card comes, I just kind of like rest my eyes with my headphones in that way they, not, they don't ask. If they yeah. see that you're sleeping, they don't ask. I was doing that, and I was actually dozing off a little bit, and the stranger next to me nudged me awake and said, do you want anything? And I was like, this is, this take a, is insane. Take a cue, dude. Yeah. Like, but you come away with something like that every, yeah. every flight. Yeah, for sure. That's why that's, well, back to the airline thing. Yeah, back to the airline. So Is it an uh, airline that still exists? I don't know. Okay. Uh, to be honest with you, but uh, it's Aeromexico. It does exist. Seguimos y seguiremos volando. Aeromexico was the only airline to buy this movie, um, and I guess that kind of makes sense, right? Because like you don't want passengers watching a potential disaster airline disaster, right? <laughs> yeah. Like it's not like oh, I'm gonna go on, uh, I'm flying United uh, over the mountains, and I'm gonna watch a live. Like, I want to watch this plane that crashes and the people have to, the soccer players have to eat each other because they've got no food. Did I just spoil a lie for you? Sorry, spoiler alert. I'm not going to say it. It's fine. Okay. It's about the, the, this airplane that crashes in the Andes with the soccer team and they got to, like, eat each other. Yeah, it sounds, I'm not going to watch that. Yeah. It's not funny. Not funny! It doesn't sound funny at all. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that makes sense, right? Like, you don't want somebody to watch a movie about a potential disaster no. involving the thing that you're sitting in. You're just going to have uh, old school, and uh, I watched Dunkirk on a plane once. You know, like, <laughs> they're not selective unless it involves an airplane. In the yeah, movie. yeah. So then the only other things that I have is that um, there, was, there wasn't any real improv in this movie. It's pretty much all scripted. It's kind of surprising, actually. Uh, which, yeah, I mean, most people think it's improv, but it's not. Um, but the takeaway that I love is that for all of the different languages that this is dubbed into or filmed into, um, for the jive scene uh, where they have the two guys like, oh, and the lady goes, well, I speak jive. Yeah, and like, yeah. I'm sorry, I don't understand. Cuddy say can't hang. Oh, stewardess, I speak jive. Oh, good. Every language picked a specific dialect of that language to dub it into so like in germany I, for, I, for, I think it's bavarian right they dubbed it into bavarian because they like 
and the Germans loved it because they there was no possible way two black men would be speaking the Bavarian language, and so the Germans thought it was hilarious. And like uh, with the Italians, they did it uh, uh, Neapolitan like th that dialect, and so like they did little things like that for every language they dubbed it into that they would think it was hilarious. Back to the you know have you ever uh, you ever been to a Turkish prison, Billy? Um, <laughs> The Turks and the Greeks, I don't know if you know this, the Turks and the Greeks hate each other. Like, they really yeah. don't like each other. I don't think they've had any real interaction, but, like, you find a Greek-American and you start talking about Turkey with them, oh, they, they do not like that. Do not like that one bit. The Turks, in the dubbed language, actually changed it to be, have you ever been to a Greek prison, Billy? That's so Because they're, they're like, we're not putting Turkish in there. Like, you're not in a Turkish prison. But the Turkish pr pr prison line is so iconic. Yeah. Uh, of the sequence of questions he asked, and that's the one that always stands out the most. Yeah. have been to a Turkish prison. I, I mean, it, there are so many lines like that that are just throwaways. It's a big get, get collection up to date. of them. Well, the, and then the Arabs came, and they bought Mercedes Benzes. Like... <laughs> Um, For the most part, it's a bit, it's a collection of. Uh, I, I guess in a way, I'm not surprised that it's not improv because the script is a lot of tight jokes. Yeah, yeah. Set up I punch. mean, this this comes on the heels of the Kentucky Fried Movie, which is another one that we should do. Where it's again, there's kind of like vignettes, right? Like that there is a storyline, there is an overarching storyline, but there are like little vignettes that go throughout this movie. It's great. Like yeah, I, you could put it on right now and like watch it. I would it's... I would laugh. Not as hard as I did when I entered my laugh hall of fame, but I would still laugh hard even though I've seen it 15 times. Yeah. We said this about a couple other movies. It works, again, because it being in one setting, I think, is always a powerful device. Yeah. It's, yeah. For the most part, it's in one exact setting. Yeah. And you're, you're in this little world with them. And it's, it's close to being a... I've, there are some people that think it's too dumb. I can see that. I, I, I mean, I get it. I don't agree, but I get it. Yeah, so I'm. If you're ready, I'll I'll give my yeah, score go ahead. based give on that. Score. I think there are some people that think it's. I, I mean, it's universally thought of as an all timer, but I think. I'm gonna go like seven four. Seven four. Um. I I think that people have fond memories of this movie, um, and even the people who are seeing it for the first time, appreciate that humor, and it's exactly like we were talking about with folks who get on an airplane and it's like I, I get that yeah now, they don't get the food thing now because there's no food on airplanes right. other than like the stuff First you're class. bringing yourself but yeah. um, there's an airplane too by the way we didn't mention yes that. where they go to outer space yeah um, it's the same jokes over again but it's they go to outer space yeah you know so um, again another reason why they should not make, make sequels. sequels I'm gonna say 7-6 Okay. 7-7. Seven, seven. Ooh. Wow. Good. All right. I, that, good. I, I mean, like I said, I think people love this movie. I think that they go back to it even. So, yeah. Sweet. Sweet.